Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Tampa Bay Buccaneers from the 48-yard line. Second down, 13. Brady lobs one downfield. Caught ball by Gronkowski. Inside the 20 to the 15-10. Gronkowski to the 5 to the 4-yard line. Holy Gronkamoli. <laughs> Third down, 18. Dropping Gannon, looking Gannon, looking Gannon. Those up the middle. It's intercepted at the Derek 30. Brooks. Derek Brooks, 30. Brooks to the 25, 20. Derek Brooks all the way. There it is. The dagger's in. Yeah. We're going to win the Super Bowl. Super Bowl, baby. This is the big nasty. Yeah, big nasty Hall of Fame Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan, baby. This is Mike Allstott, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Cannon Fire Podcast, brother. You ain't listening, and you're missing out. Woo! Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new edition of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Live on YouTube today for episode 210. It was a rainy night in Foxborough. The Buccaneers go out and escape with a win, 19-17, to your final score. Brady and the Bucs able to get it done against his former team and former head coach. Thanks to Buccaneer legend Nick Folk with the game on the line, less than a minute to go, 56 yards away in the rain. Nick Folk lines up. And uh, he does what he does best, and that's lose to Tom Brady when the game is on the line. So a missed kick that doinks off the left upright. The Buccaneers escape with a win. It was an ugly game. The the weather, a little bit of a factor. The rain might have bothered this team a little bit more than it should. We'll talk about everything from that game right after this. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, as always, Rhett Matthew. Joined alongside me, my good buddy and co-host, Philly Bucks fan himself, Mr. Evan Wanish. And we are not alone. Joining us for the post-game edition of the show, our good buddy, James Hill, a.k.a. Mr. Bucks Nation, right here on YouTube. How we feeling, boys? It was a uh, it was a nerve-wracking game, but the Buccaneers do get it done and advance to 3-1. That's a that's a good feeling. Uh, I'm not really sure what that was. Um, <laughs> I think it was a football game. I think. I, I think they played football. Um. You know, some of it, some of the excitement, I think, is kind of, I don't want to say dampered, but, like, I kind of do because Carlson Davis obviously went out, right? He was basically ruled out immediately when they came out of halftime. Um, And then Antoine Winfield Jr. was also evaluated for a concussion, and he didn't return either. So, don't know, like, you know how happy you can be or excited you can be until we know the status of those two guys, because if those two guys both miss time here, you know, soon they're going to be calling us three to form a secondary because I, they ain't got nobody else. Um, It, it really sucks, but it's nice to get a W Uh, you know, Tom Brady, like just kind of had a feeling when the game was on, if like, if he had a chance to win the game, right. Not Mac Jones, whatever. If he had a chance to take the lead, he was probably going to do it. Now, whether this defense was going to keep that lead, who, who knows? Uh, and he, they nearly didn't, but um, just great to, to win it in his homecoming game. And, you know, I, I low key, and this is a, I'm, I'm maybe not low key because people might feel this way. 
I'm so glad it's over. Not just because the Bucks won, because now we could finally stop hearing about it. Like yeah. it was just all over the place. And I'm just like, by Sunday night, by like basically by like Friday, I was like, okay, like, can we stop? Like, can we just play the game? Because how many times are you going to talk about a coach versus a quarterback? Like, come on. Like, it was getting so old. And I was like, huh, like, please, we're going to talk about this more. Like, how, how much more can you possibly talk about a single game? And, and then obviously had Richard Sherman signing and talking like that. So, um, you know, I'm just, I'm glad it's over. So we don't have to talk about it anymore. And I'm glad the Bucks got the W barely got the W, but a, a win's a win. It's going to show up in the win column either way. So it's not going to be an asterisk next to it or anything. It's going to show up in, as a W. So there we go. Yeah. You know, there was a lot of ugliness to this game. A lot of just like, Oh my God type moments, right? Some good some bad, right? At the end of the day, it did result in a Buccaneers win. And at the end of the day, I'm proud of a, a, hand, a handful of guys that I think we will talk about here in a little bit. And also Tom Brady, he now holds the record for most all-time passing yards in a career. You know, he beat Drew Brees while Drew Brees was there. Oh yeah, that, that was, was the best, right? Yeah, and they Drew kept cutting like to the he... live shot of him reacting to the throw. Mike Evans, the uh, receiver there to break the record. I thought that I thought that we were about to hear Drew Brees music. He was about to suit up for the Patriots <laughs> and then we were about to see a, a battle. But that happened. Tom Brady also becomes one of the more rarer players in NFL history to defeat all 32 uh, NFL teams. That's not a small feat either. And the Buccaneers move on to three and one, which I don't know hundred percent if they do have the lead in the NFC South. Now I know them and the uh, Panthers are both three and one, but regardless, everybody else in the, in the uh, NFC South lost today, the Bucks won. At the end of the day, I see a lot of people saying this in the chat, a win is a win. And there was some uh, history in there as well. So, you know, all in all, where there were a ton of ugly moments, I think there was a lot to be proud of coming away from this game. No, that's exactly how I feel. It's it's weird because as ugly of a game as it did feel, I, I feel like you have more positives to take away than you do negatives to talk about. Like the injuries are one thing, right? But the biggest thing for me this week was the defense stepped up. It seemed like for the first three and a half quarters of this football game, the defense carried this team and put them in positions to win despite guys going out with injury. Carlton Davis being ruled out. Antoine Winfield played his ass off, a forced fumble and a pick for number 31, and he's now on the concussion protocol. So even though they were just depleted in the secondary, Richard Sherman making his first start for this team, he got a good healthy amount of snaps out there. I thought the defense stepped up, and that was exactly what they needed to do this week because that, you know, after the first quarter, we kind of knew that's the game it's going to be, right? And this defense was able to generate some turnovers. I thought the pressure on Mac Jones was pretty apparent from the beginning of the game. They did a much better job getting to the quarterback this week. I, you know, despite letting it slip at the very end, which I'm sure we'll talk about here shortly, I was pretty impressed with the way the defense stepped up this week. I also thought the run game looked pretty good, too. Um, yeah, my biggest thing was, was you know, f four sacks. Yeah. Um, I am two by Joe Tron Inca, so awesome for him awesome to see one he just he just buried him um buried <laughs> mac jones on that one um yeah he came off the stunt it was uh Vita yeah. Vea, and i mean nobody was touching him no so i mean the pass rush like the pressure wasn't constantly there like, like i wanted to see against a rookie quarterback um 
but you know, it's good just to get, get sacks, you know, and, and that affects things. It really does. So um, I, I thought, like you said, Antoine Winfield played, played well. Um, uh, yeah. Vita Vea, I thought was awesome. I thought he really controlled a lot of the Bucks pass rush. I thought a lot of the Bucks pass rush was because of Vita Vea. Um, especially on that one, just like we talked about with the stunt with Vita Vea getting, you know, opening up the lane for Joe trying to just come in free, right? The one big issue I have with this defense, obviously we'll get into it in a little bit, is Mac Jones was almost darn near perfect when he was blitzed. The, you know, the, the blitz just, you know, hasn't, hasn't gotten – hasn't gotten there this year. It's it, whether it's been picked up by running backs or guys just whiffing. That's my biggest thing. Yeah. Levante David, Le- Levante David came in and just whiffed on Mac Jones. Like it's not Kyler Murray. It's it's Mac Jones. Like, come on, man. Um, I see a lot of people say, you know, they're not really sold on the defense yet. I mean, at, at this point, I don't know how you can make a fair assessment of the defense just because, you know, I, what are they they working with in that secondary right, right. Now? it's it's a tough I, spot to be in with those injuries just piling up yeah and i mean uh i just saw this in the chat and i gotta address this real quick before i move on for one thank you david for the love for coach Wanish. i appreciate it um so i don't know if i've ever seen a broadcaster blatant <laughs> blatantly be in love with a certain player than, than Chris Collinsworth was with Mac Jones. I, I honestly, I've seen it before and I'm like, Oh man, this guy's have a, has a love fest with him. No, I've never seen a this. guy. I, I've never seen here's this a guy. Literally Nelson Aguilar ran a fine route. Right. And it was still complete, but it was bobbled and Pierre Desir almost came up with the pick and Chris Collinsworth goes, Oh man, Nelson Aguilar almost cost Mac Jones a pick yeah, right there. Yeah. I was like, you've got to be kidding he said, You me. cannot do that to your quarterback. Like, you have got to be kidding me. Like, <laughs> if Mac Jones played so well, why did the Patriots only had seven points at halftime? Like, if he was playing as well as Chris Collinsworth said he was playing, then why didn't they, you know, why didn't they put up more than 17 points? Or, you know, even if Nick Folk makes a field goal, why didn't they put up more than 20 points? if he was playing as well as uh, Chris Collinsworth probably thought. So I thought that was ridiculous. <laughs> and yeah, James, what, 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 what do you got as, as far as positives? Because in this game, yes, there are positives, but I also think there may be just as many, if not more negatives. Oh, of I course. Do. And we'll get, we'll get to those here soon. So I'm going to go back to the pass rush real quick. 12 quarterback hits four sacks. That's great. That is great. In my opinion, it's, the best we've seen all year. Joe Tryon had four quarterback hits, two sacks himself. Uh, Will Golston had three quarterback hits, one sack. Devin White had two quarterback hits. Shaq Barrett had two quarterback hits in one sack. Uh, like you said, Vita Vea, he was a beast in this game. Fun fact, Vita Vea did not record a single stat in this game, according to ESPN. Yeah, <clears throat> and he did yet, plenty. <laughs> and, and yet... His presence is felt because he's just an absolute game wrecker and he opens up opportunities for the pass rush to finally hit home. Now, I agree with what you said, Evan, completely, specifically on linebacker blitzes, because I think the cornerback blitzes, the secondary blitzes were a little bit more successful today. I saw Ross Cockrell get a quarterback hit, um, and I think it worked out a little bit better. But I think the over pursuit in the over aggressiveness from both Levante David, but especially Devin White, 
as a blitzing linebacker, it's just not working. I mean, Devin White would probably have four sacks this season so far up to this point if he wasn't, if he was just a little bit less aggressive because he keeps on getting sidestepped by these quarterbacks. It is, it's honestly becoming almost laughable at this point, right? And it's, it's a step back for Devin White in terms of his pass rushing ability. He gets in there completely untouched, but he's not hitting home like he did last season. And if he did, this pass rush would be, you know, changed completely, I think. I think they'd they be would... playing where we expect them to play, right? Right. And, and, and in this game, we saw improvement from the pass rush a ton. This is the best they've looked the entire year, but they can do things even better if, you know, say a blitzing linebacker like Devin White just slows down a little bit and isn't as insanely aggressive as he has been so far four games through the regular season with his pursuit of the quarterback, because then he won't get sidestepped. That's kind of like the Bucks' entire team, though, isn't it? Like, oh, it's good, but it can be so much better. You know, like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, that, that the offense has been good, but the offense can be so much better. Um, it just seems like that's like a, like a theme, you know, and they still have not yet put a complete 60 minute football game together. And, uh, we'll see if that comes soon. They, they still do have a favorable schedule, but yet again, these injuries are starting to mount up. So, you know, it's going to be tough to put together a, a full 60 minutes on offense and defense. Yeah. While we are still taking away some positives from the defense today, I want to talk about the big turning point and that's turnovers. A lot of people might agree when when folks say that this defense is built to turn the ball over, and uh, they were definitely out there doing that today. Should have had three, but they come away with two. The first one was a Shaq Barrett forced fumble that was taken away. This was a ridiculous call, and it is our weekly segment here on the postgame show where we sidestep the football conversation and talk about the officiating because holy hell was uh, there quite a lot to take away from this one. Just like any other week, it seems like this season, the referees have not been very favorable for Tampa Bay. Uh, missed a false start on that critical drive towards the end of the game and a couple of other things that I'm sure I'm forgetting because that's all I want to do is forget it. E- Evan, your quick thoughts on the officiating this week. I'm going to try. I'm going to go PG, I guess. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's it's embarrassing. And I, I hate the people that still claim, oh, Tom Brady gets all the calls. Shut up. But like, like, seriously. <laughs> Like he clearly he doesn't. Okay. Clearly a team with Tom Brady does not get all the calls because that was ridiculous. That some of that stuff, you know, on that last drive, the, the pass interference on Jordan Whitehead, he's going for the freaking football. Yeah. Ridiculous. Like, give me a break. The, the, the fumble, my man has the ball. He bobbles it a little bit, regains control of it, takes one step, two step, fumbles the ball. That is a fumble. I, I don't know what else to tell you. And when when the other uh, the second fumble, the one that actually counted happened, I texted you. I said, I, oh, man, I can't wait to see how they call this one back. Just, you know, well, I saw I think Taylor Jenkins sent out a tweet that was pretty good. He said, eh, I think this might be ruled incomplete. He, he took four <laughs> steps, had the ball the whole way, and then he fumbled. I, I, I think this has got to be incomplete. It's just it's ridiculous. It, it's. You know, a lot of people didn't love the Donovan Smith call on the the long ball to Antonio Brown, the the hands of the face. I I think it was it was a penalty, but I think they they called the wrong thing. It shouldn't have been a hands of the face. It should have been a hold. Um, Donovan Smith had a rough night. We'll get into that, but this isn't about that right now. Uh, yeah, that the refs were just I, I mean just brutal, just brutal. And I 
I don't know, man. It, it seems like they're, they're always bad, but it seemed like this weekend in the NFL, they were just awful. Um, it seemed like this weekend was like a new low for them, which is pretty darn low for officiating. So uh, I don't, I don't know. They, they got to, I don't know. I don't know how you're going to, you're not going to fix the refs, I guess, but like, hopefully they can do better than they did this week. At least like it, it was just, it's embarrassing for the league, honestly. Yeah. I'm not usually one guy to like point out the referees being a thing because I know I'm, I'm not like, either normally. Right. Uh, it's but become a trend for us this year. I don't know if we can get away from it. This game in particular, I do feel like there were call, certain calls for both teams. That was bad calls for both teams. The false start on Isaiah win. That was a bad miss. I mean, everybody on that Bucks defense was pointing it out. Uh, the super late flag that was thrown on the Jordan, was it the Jordan Whitehead pass interference seven that you were referring to where it was like a really late, yeah. late flown? Uh, well, late, well, late well late it was, flag. it was the one on the, the final drive. Yeah. That yeah. was not a good call. In my opinion, that was a bad call because like you said, he was going for the football. There was very little contact there. Um, and those were kind of two of the more, uh, you know, egregious ones that I noticed the fumble that was a bad one too. That wasn't a penalty or anything along those lines. That was just not a good call. Um, and those are the types of things that change the flow of games. You know, it really is. So it can be drive killers. It can be drive extenders. Um, so to have those situations be what they were, it's a darn shame. You know, I think it does happen to a, pretty much every single team in the league now at this point, but the referees just quite simply have to do better. They never will do better. They really don't have too much of an incentive to uh, just because at the end of the day, people do forget about these types of things. Um, but it does suck to see in the moment. Yeah. Yeah, it does. And, well, and also like I saw people when they get them, people were complaining about calls that were like actually called. And like, that's what happens when you, when you miss, when you, when you call penalties that aren't actually penalties, then when you actually do call a penalty, that's a penalty. They're going to criticize you for it. So like, get it corrected like the the Leonard Fournette um the pass interference on Kyle Van Noy I originally thought it was just good coverage on the replay it showed he got there early and I saw people going oh that's a terrible call what are you talking about I like, thought this I thought the same thing like the, when, when the refs make those bad calls then they, they can't do anything right you know what I'm, I'm trying to say when when they make those bad calls they're never going to get the benefit of the doubt there so oh, yeah. I just they they all they suck they're always going to suck. It's just they've been all-time bad, especially this weekend. But this weekend, I think, was probably some of the worst officiating I've ever seen in my life. And like you said, James, normally I'm not the whole oh, refs, refs, refs. And if that Nick Volk kicks goes in and the Bucks lose, I wouldn't be, oh, it's the refs' fault. It's the refs' fault. Because, you know, because the, the Bucks don't play the football game, right? But at the same time, that's definitely a factor. It, it has to be talked about and it has to be addressed by the NFL in the, in the off season or whenever they can, because it's, it is embarrassing. Yeah. Uh, these referees year after year, definitely find ways to, uh, to outdo they're getting themselves. worse. Yeah. yeah they, they, worse. they definitely outdo themselves season after season. And it, it, it is incredible when you look back at like the, the replacement ref seasons, you know, those were historically bad, but nowadays it just trumps anything else that would have happened back then. So, uh, Will it be fixed? Probably not. I guess we're just going to have to see how we're able to adjust throughout the rest of the season. But wrapping up the conversation on defensive turnovers for Tampa Bay, following the Shaq Barrett force fumble, they got take uh, taken away. Ross Cockrell had a tipped pass 
That was Antoine Winfield Jr.'s interception, set up the Buccaneers. And then uh, more turnovers and sacks in the second half. It was a forced fumble in the second half for Antoine Winfield. Richard Sherman was able to recover. And then two straight sacks from Will Golston and then Joe Tryon on the stun with Vita Vea we had talked about a little bit earlier. So overall, given the you know lack of anything going on in the secondary with all your starters not in the game, um, I, I was impressed with the defense and the way the pass rush in particular stepped up tonight. But while we are talking about the defense, let's talk about the elephant in the room, uh, the injury bug, which continues to pile on, especially in the secondary. The Buccaneers lost Antoine Winfield tonight, concussion protocol. Carlton Davis was out of the game with a quad injury. His status is still kind of up in the air. I, I'm going to guess he probably doesn't play next week. But Evan, what is what is your thoughts? You know, yeah. after uh, after this game, because the secondary is is definitely in a tough spot. Yeah, real quick, though, I wanted to toss it to James. It seems like you were chomping at the bit to say something, James. So before we do- dive into the injuries completely, what were you? Did you have? A I'll, thought I'll, I'll or... talk about it because it does it. It does tie in. So I'll let you go first okay. here because it, it does tie in. OK, Um. so, yeah, obviously it's not good, Uh. especially the Carlson Davis thing. It was kind of a non-contact thing. Um. You know, and, and like you could tell immediately what it was. So yeah. it, luckily that's not an ACL, right? Luckily he didn't grab his knee because if he grabbed his knee, we'd be having a you know, definitely a different conversation. So, um, yeah, and then obviously Antoine Winfield uh, getting hurt. I didn't see the play he, he got his you know concussion on. He's in concussion protocol right now. Um, so I didn't see the play. So I don't know, you know, if it was a – if it – friendly fire or if it was just a, a tackle i i don't know um i actually didn't even realize he was out of the game until i saw it on twitter um so it's man oh man it they're running out of options i mean at this point you know obviously richard sherman run on three days of practice he's gonna get better right i, I think he'll get i better. thought he, he wasn't was, bad. he was fine yeah, he was fine yeah. like he, he wasn't good but he wasn't bad um yeah he, he was fine there was there was one play I think it was Jacoby Myers caught the ball and Richard Sherman was like nowhere near. I was like, yeah, that shows you that he's only practiced with the team for three days. Um, so uh, yeah, obviously you're already missing Jason Barrett ball. You're already missing Jamel Dean. You're already missing Sean Murphy bunting. I think the bucks. Yeah. Like you said though, I, I don't expect Carlton Davis to play next week, but I think the bucks got to hope that like Jamel Dean or Sean Murphy bunting can come back shortly just so like they're not down three of their starting corners for would, like multiple games at a time. It would certainly be nice to get an update on SMB this week. Yeah. Well, seems like you, you seem, will seems, you, you, yeah, you will seems like update. time for one. Yeah. You know, you will, you will get an update. He was placed on IR. IR is three games. So his three games is up. So you will receive an update probably sometime this week on, uh, on his status. Um, and then obviously Jamel Dean, he practiced this week, but then when it came down to it, he, he didn't, he didn't play. So um, it would be nice to get one or both of those guys back in the, in the next two weeks or so, um, because it, it seems like Carlton Davis will be out. I would guess probably until the bye week. So I think we'll be seeing maybe his return at the watch party. Um, you know, I, I, I don't really expect him to, to play anytime soon. So I think what bye week. So technically like it's four weeks, basically four or five weeks. So, um, Hopefully they can survive until then. There's not another Richard Sherman available. There's not somebody that you can just sign or anything like that. Uh, so we'll see what happens. And in the meantime, Sherman's got to step up. Pierre Desir's got to step up. 
the linebackers have to step up in coverage and this pass rush has to continue to step up and they're going to be playing a Miami team next Sunday. That is a, that has a terrible offensive line. I mean, God awful and their backup quarterback. So uh, they, they, they got to step up and the injuries suck, but there, there's no excuse for this front seven, which is still relatively healthy. They're only missing JCB or Paul um, to, to not be productive. Yeah, so first thing I want to say is uh, I got to give major, major props to Richard Sherman, Pierre Desir, and Ross Cockrell for this game. I thought given the circumstances, all three of those guys knocked it out of the park, in my opinion, okay? Richard Sherman hadn't put on football pads for an entire year, basically, until three days ago. The man comes in extremely cold, three days to know a playbook, and he eventually is the number one cornerback in this game. What? Like, I don't care if he's 33 years old, a super veteran. I don't care if he's one of the smartest players in the entire NFL. That's tough for anybody. So I'm giving props to Sherman there. I'm giving props to Pierre Desir because the man's only been on the team since September 13th, I believe, was whenever he signed with the practice squad. So even he also hasn't had a ton of time to learn the playbook. And Ross Cockrell, Whenever you break it down right now, given all the guys who aren't hurt in this cornerback room, he is the guy who knows the playbook the most. That is saying something a lot, you know? So I'm going to give props to all three of those guys, because I think given the circumstances, they were thrust into action in a major way. And I think that they did what they needed to do to win. I think they did enough. So huge, huge props to all three of those guys. In the case of... Jamel Dean, Sean Murphy, Bunting, those guys have got to come back soon, like you said, Evan, because right now <laughs> the Bucks they have five cornerbacks. You've got Richard yeah. Sherman, Pierre Desir, Ross Cockrell, Dee Delaney, and Richard Robinson, who Richard <laughs> Robinson, he's reverting back to the practice squad tomorrow. So you've only got four cornerbacks on your active roster. And, and, and three of them weren't on the team to start the year. <laughs> yeah, Right. <laughs> Richard Robinson's been on the team since, since September 20th. Pierre Desir's been on the team since September 13th. Richard Sherman's been on the team since Tuesday. Less than a week. <laughs> it's not a great situation to be in. So I think the Bucks are praying that either Jamel Dean can come back. It seems like it's probably leaning more towards the direction of him coming back, especially since, like you said, Evan, he practiced um, this week. And then Sean Murphy Bunting, like you said, his time on the IR is up. Uh, he hopefully might be able to come back at some point. Might not be next week, but even if they get Jamel Dean back, that is still huge, I think. I know it's mm -hmm. like, oh, come on, James, you're grasping the straws. That's what you got to do in a situation like this. But on the point of first Antoine Winfield Jr., like you said, Evan, I didn't see the play where he had gotten hurt. I wish him nothing but a speedy and healthy recovery. Same thing with Carlton Davis. They have Mike Edwards there. They have Andrew Adams there who's had to start for them in the past. You know, they, they have a couple of guys who can fill in if they need to. In the case of Carlton Davis, and I've seen people talking about this in the chat, why in the world would you have your number one cornerback, who's already dealing with an abdomen injury, by the way, out there on a special teams play where he hurt his quad in a very rainy filled game, right? Where injuries are abound in situations like that. I get it that sometimes starters play special teams. I totally get that. I've even seen Levante David be out there on situations uh, and, and playing special teams. But given the circumstances, in my opinion, a stupid 
stupid decision to make where you throw your number one guy out there running the risk of injury. It happens. And now you're put even further down into the pit in terms of your cornerback room. There's no good reason, in my opinion. Why do you have Rashard Robinson elevated from the practice squad if he's not out there as a punt gunner or special teams player, whatever it may be? Maybe he was out there. I don't know. There's other players you could have had out there that wasn't Carlton Davis. That's just my thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, I know he, he plays special teams. Um, like, just like you said, though, yeah, starters play special teams. Like, it, it, it happens. Right. Like I see whenever there's a field goal, I see Vita Vea line up right, and then and then try and block it. So like that happens. Um, but yeah, I so I don't necessarily have an issue with him on this on special teams. But like you said, the, the only reason was that he was already dealing with an abdomen injury. And it's not like obviously it's a completely different injury. Um, but yeah, when, when a player isn't 100 percent healthy and you kind of know he isn't, you kind of want him to see the field as, as little as possible. Obviously, they needed Carlton Davis to, to win that football game, right? Like, they didn't need him out there. But that was a spot where you probably didn't need him out there. So, it was, like, unnecessary. Um, and I, I do agree. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see. Um, we'll, we'll see what happens with Davis. Like, I, I don't think Bruce Arians had an update on Carlton Davis in, in his post-game presser. I didn't see anything. Um, obviously we'll probably, he'll probably know a little bit more tomorrow. I like didn't look very good and he was ruling out pretty quick. So I'd assume he's going to be out for at least next week. Um, and, uh, yeah, like you said though, just, he plays special teams, but in that scenario, it didn't really feel necessary per se. Yeah. It'll definitely be an interesting week reading the headlines, seeing uh, what kind of news comes out of one buck with, of course, hopefully getting a Sean Murphy bunting update, Jamel Dean, maybe getting back out there at practice again this week. So uh, lots to watch between now and next week against Miami. While we are giving props on the defense, before we talk about the other side of the football, I want to throw out just one more positive uh, statement of recognition for Joe Tryon, man. Two sacks in tonight's game. He got his first NFL mm-hmm. career sack with Jason Pierre-Paul missing his second straight game. We talked about how Tryon was going to get some more exposure get some more playing time against some legitimate NFL offensive lines. And uh, I thought, man, he is, he, he is picking up speed. Really good night for him. I thought. Yeah. He, he flashed and he flashed early. I think what he had, I think he had a sack on the first drive, I think, or second drive, something like that. So um, yeah, he's uh, he, he's been good and he's been as advertised right now. And it's going to be fun to see him. Uh, you know, I think even if Jason Beer Paul comes back next week, I think he's earned some snaps. I, I really, really do think he's earned more snaps and uh, he's got to be in on some pass rushing downs. So. Yeah. Taking a look at the offense here. Let's go ahead and start with the man himself. TB 12 Tom Brady. His night looked like this. 22 for 43 passing, 269 yards, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions. He scrambled for a clutch third down, and that's uh, he wanted that one. Oh, you could tell that man. was that was Tom Brady willing his team yeah. to win. Yeah, that that he put exactly, on the wheels. That's exactly what that was. Dual threat. Tom strikes again, dude. Just another first down for the goat in a critical drive. But I I I don't know, man. I'm not ever in a hurry to criticize Tom Brady because not only do I not feel great about it because we got the dub regardless, but everybody always gets pissed off in our comments section. But can we talk about the start that uh, TB12 had? Was it the rain? 
Was it the emotions of the night, the pomp and circumstance? He he looked off in that mm-hmm. first half, and, and this offense really wasn't able to get going like we would have liked them to. They were able to move the ball, but couldn't score in the red zone. And, I mean, you know, Tom just didn't look like himself. Yeah, I, I think it, it had to do a little bit of everything. Um, at the beginning of the game, you know, he says it's not a distraction. He's human, right? You know, you, you, you saw him get off the bus yesterday and smile, wave to everybody. You, you saw him walking into the stadium. He had a smile on his face. At the end of the day, he, he's human. Um, and, and those humans are going to have that reaction. When you spend, imagine spending 20 years in a house and making great memories in that house. And then you move to, to a brand new house. And, um, you know, all, all of a sudden, you know, things have changed and, and you finally return to that house. You're going to bring up all those memories and you're going to get a little emotional about it. Because like, that's, that's just that's what it is. Um, and I think that had something to do with it. I think the rain had something to do with it. Um, it, it I, I swear, it's like the Bucks have never played in the rain ever. Like, I, I, I guess they haven't. You and I were texting uh, I, I, I texted, Yeah, I texted yeah. you. I was Brady's, like, Tom Brady, Brady spoiled with the sunshine in Florida now. He, he's he's never played in the rain in Foxborough. He's just, he's never <laughs> faced it. Um, yeah, he's, it's never happened, I guess. Um, so, yeah, I thought, I thought he was a little off. I agree. And I also think it was the game plan. You know, I think it was, yeah. it was the game plan. Play um, play calling was definitely uh, pretty controversial tonight. Yeah, play, play call. Yeah, so I, I understand it's. I don't. Okay, Cardi, I don't like play Lethbridge play calling at all anymore. Man, I'm sorry. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm gonna be blunt with you there. Uh, I thought, you know, obviously tonight wasn't good, right? I thought tonight he didn't run as much play action as he could have. Got a little bit predictable, but yet again, the run game was working. Um, especially in the second half, I didn't think it was, it was very good. Uh, but this season he's been fine. I mean, he's actually been good. Like the game plan versus Dallas was fantastic. Uh, the game plan versus Atlanta was fantastic. The players got to execute too. Like, I know it's easy to blame the coaching staff, I guess, but these players got to execute. Couple Dallas, of drops. Yeah, yeah. Dallas Leonard Fournette has a ball go right through his hands into the Cowboys defenders. Ronald Jones fumbles. Byron Leftwich ain't out there doing that. Um, so you know, like, and tonight I see some people say about the drops. This was the one night I'm willing to forgive some of the drops. It's actually more difficult to catch a football with those gloves on in the rain sometimes than it is to do it without. And that's why you saw some players not wear it. I believe Anton Winfield didn't have gloves on. Uh, Nikhil Harry for the Patriots did not have gloves on because it actually makes it a little bit tougher to catch the ball. So this is the one night. I, I will forgive them for some of the drops. Obviously, it cost them, right? It cost them some some plays there. And obviously, Brait and stuff has to make that one catch. I believe it was second down. He's open. Yeah, that was rough. Um, that, that was the one. I was like, okay, like, sure. Like, drops are one thing, but you got to catch that. I, I know um, uh, it wasn't the best play call, and a lot of people might bring this up and as, as an example of why they're not too happy with Byron Leftwich right now. But that third down, to Antonio Brown in the corner of the end zone. The ball was right in his It's hands. a perfect pass. It's it a was, perfect yeah, pass. Yeah, it could not have been a better pass. And uh, that would have been seven. That would have been Brady's only touchdown of the game. So, you know, that's a that's another big one, too, that comes to mind. It's, yeah, it's perfect. And everybody wanted to criticize, well, why are you going for that? Look, if Antonio Brown catches the ball, you're calling a genius. Like, right. you know, if Antonio Brown caught that football, which he normally does, John Ledyard, who has watched the, the Antonio Brown for years, Right. 
for, for years in Pittsburgh said, you know, AB catches that ball nine times out of 10. Cause he just does. It's just that kind of night. It wasn't their night and they still got the W. So um, yeah, I, I thought Brady was a little off. I thought the play calling was bad, but also like, I think with the play calling, it's okay to admit that the play calling is, was bad tonight, but also I don't think it's fair to say the play calling has been terrible because this offense has been rolling and a lot of their issues have been self-inflicted on drops and uh, you know, illegal formations or Penalties. false starts or, or holding. Yeah. yeah. Any type of penalty, nothing Byron Leftwich can do about that. That's not, you know, that, that's not, that's not on him. Uh, that that's just them executing. And I think as far as the, the game plans and stuff, he's been fine. I just feel like we're not going to get away with playing like this against a good team. Sure. Uh, I mean, I, I mean, think we they, saw it. They proved that last week. Yeah, we um, saw it last week when early mistakes ultimately had them playing from yeah, behind, and the Rams I, were good enough to keep, uh, good enough team to keep that distance the entire game. I guarantee you, Bruce Arians and Tom Brady and and the entire team are isn't sitting there looking at this game and saying, "Man, we played good. Man, we we are we are good." They know, like they understand. Trust me, they understand. They need to be better, and they're gonna get better. You know, they, they, I don't think the offense is going to be, I don't think Tom Brady is going to be held without a touchdown for the rest, every game the rest of the year. Right? I, I don't know how many so, more weeks you can say this, but it is still kind of, you know, it is week four. It is still yeah. somewhat early in the season. I know we're towards the end of the first we're all, quarter. We're of the all, season. Yeah. I, I it, you know. know, this is the point where everything should be picking up momentum. I, I this is probably about, the last week I'll accept that. Yeah. Probably the okay. last week. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah because well, once, once you hit week five, you should be. You, you should, should be rolling. Be running. Yeah. yeah, there's there's no there's no reason um, to not be, especially with a team with this much talent, a team that's in the same offensive scheme now for the second year. Yeah, and week five they should be they should be rolling. So I mean, you know, it's uh, those third and long play calls where give up plays that left the team uninspired. I understand you won't pick up 15 yards for a first, but draw, draw plays is terrible. Well, then you are gonna lose flash pal. You're going to hate every single offensive coordinator in the NFL then because every single one of them do it. Okay. Oh, man. Andy Reid does it. Coach Wanish hit you with the news flash, I, pal. I'm I'm telling you. Listen, you buddy. Know. Yeah. <laughs> listen, listen here, bucko. Uh, oh, man. No, I'm just, I'm just, I, you know, I don't mean nothing by it, you Vegas. Uh, I'm just saying, like, that's what coaches do. Like, it's just, I don't like it either. Right. But that's what they do. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens. I think. Byron Leftwich will be fine. He's played called a fine season so far. Tonight was a bad game. Like I said, you can acknowledge that this was bad while also acknowledging that he's been pretty good for the most part. And the Bucks offense was not the reason they lost to LA last week. James, you haven't spoken and it feels like two hours. So what do you got? So going back to Brady first, um, there was a lot of stuff, the rain, which led to drops. That was reasons for some of his struggles. He had some high passes. Um, when I was doing the live game reaction live stream on my channel, um, I noticed a lot of people had talked about that could also have been because of the rain. It could have affected his release um, in some way, shape or form. That's also something to consider. And like you said, Evan, it's, it's a little bit of everything, right? Emotions, rain, drops, you know, all those things led to Tom Brady struggling you know, he still had little over 50% completion percentage, 269 yards. He didn't throw a pick. He didn't make any mistakes, you know, necessarily. Uh, none like big, big, big mistakes, right? Uh, Brady got the team into positions where they were 
able to win this game and they did end up winning this game. So overall, given all those circumstances, um, I think Brady did got fine. the job done. Got yeah, the job he, got, done. he, he yeah. got the job done. Um, he was, he but, was exactly what you needed when you needed him to, you know, go out there and, and play well. I mean, obviously the offense found ways to stall out, but it wasn't, you know, Tom Brady's fault per se. Yeah. It was, it was a weird start for him, but down the stretch, he was able to carry this offense just enough. Yeah. And then the, to Byron left, which is that situation with the play calling, there were some circumstances where I didn't necessarily agree with Byron left, which is situational play calling in certain situations. Um, especially like towards the red zone and things like that. Some stuff was just wonky and weird for me. And then also, like, like I said, just other situational stuff. One thing I did like though, was how much they did run the football. That was because of the rain, but they ran the ball 26 times with their running backs today. And it worked out well. It was 116 rushing yards um, and one touchdown between Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette. Neither one of those guys fumbled. Uh, There were a couple of drop passes. That's, you know, a given at this point with yeah, like, Jones and at, at, at this, yeah, like you said, at this point, whatever. Like, so, so, like, I was happy to see more running the ball, but the Bucks' offense had the ball a lot in this game. They ran the ball 26 times with their running backs. Tom Brady had four carries himself, and they passed the ball 43 times. So that was a lot of situations or a lot of opportunities to have some wonky play calling. So I don't know. I mean, while there was definitely some stuff I didn't agree with, in terms of left, which is situational type football. I did like that. He recognized like, okay, there's a lot of rain here. We should run the football pretty decent amount. Also given that the Patriots run defense is kind of iffy. And I think it did help out their offense a great deal in this game today. The, uh, yeah. Oh, hang on. Uh, hang on. Right. I just want to acknowledge something real, so- no, you're real good. quick. Sorry. I can't talk. It's getting late folks. It's getting late. It's one o'clock. <laughs> um, Emily says, you can hate me or love me for this. If we don't fix the penalties we are committing, we won't win these games if their kickers miss for the R win or whatever. Same thing. I get what she's trying to say. Um, Well, let me just dispute that a little bit. The Patriots had eight penalties. The Bucs had seven. The Patriots had one more. And of the Bucs' seven penalties, how many were actually actual penalties? We we talked about the refs, right? <laughs> like, you know, we just – I think we just – when we talked about the refs, we talked about three or four that weren't actually penalties and shouldn't have been. So, if the refs are, if the refs are going to be home cooking every week, then sure. Um, you know, but when is the next primetime game? Is it the Giants? No, it's Eagles. Week, week six versus Philly. Thursday night football. So, week after next. Um, yep. So – yeah, I, you know, the Patriots had more penalties and, and the Bucks penalties were kind of, you know, meh, kind of suspect. So, um, you know, uh, like I said, I know the penalties are a concern. Like I get I get the concern for the penalties, but tonight they weren't as big of a deal as just honestly, the Patriots played a good football game. Right. Like we, we sit here and we criticize the Bucks and criticize the Bucks. The Patriots came out with a game plan on defense that really really was good and their right? their coaching show tonight too oh yeah they're they're still that's why i i didn't predict a blowout and that's why if you look at the patriots you know if you look at their game so far this year and even last year they don't get blown out a ton and it's because of their coaching honestly um who you who you're rooting for evan the eagles or the bucks <laughs> uh i'll get back to you on that i guess <laughs> um, no, i'm just kidding maybe um so yeah, you know, I I, I do. Think they're well coached. They're well disciplined. 
And like, it's honestly a surprise to me that the Patriots had more penalties than the Bucks. So I think that's actually a positive. Yeah. I, I actually really think that, that it was a positive that, you know, the, the Bucks had less penalties and some of those penalties were suspect. Sorry. We had to go back on the, the whole refs and penalties thing, but it's just, it's a big topic. And I know a lot of people want to see it cleaned up because it's not something that was there last year and it's really been hurting them. No, I, I get it, man. I do agree 100%. It's weird because there's a couple of calls every week so far this season where we talk about, you know, eh, was this a call? There was the Chris Godwin push off week one, uh, a couple of other calls between now and then, of course. But looking back at offensive production between these two teams, another thing about the Bucks offense is that throughout the game, they consistently outproduce New England on offense. The final tab 380 total yards for the Bucks and only 294 for the Pats. 295 passing yards and negative one rushing yard. We didn't give the props to the run defense like we should have, but that's a franchise record, by the way. So the Buccaneers run defense able to step it up this week. Negative one rushing yard. But for the Bucks, 119 total rushing yards. And uh, James, he talked about it a little bit. But I want to I want to say this. Dare I say it, I, I think Leonard Fournette may have won me over this week. Um, you know, I, I know that Ronald Jones' sample size hasn't quite been what Lenny's has been. Uh, you know, we, we look back to week two against Atlanta where he was given six total carries, but from what I'm seeing this season, Leonard Fournette is making more out of his carries. His stat line tonight, 20 carries for 91 yards. Didn't get in the end zone, but that's okay. He was busy catching passes too. Three receptions for 47 yards. So a pretty strong game for Leonard Fournette. They did bring Ronald Jones in every now and again. He picked up a couple of first downs, but the production from this running room is nice to see because on the pregame show, we said, you know, we set a benchmark, Evan. We said if these guys can get uh, over 60 yards total rushing like that, that'd be a productive night. And it looks good incorporating this run game a little bit more because we knew that that was a defense for the Pat or uh, that was a weakness for the Pats defense. But I like the production, and I, I like Leonard Fournette. I may or may not be Team Lenny after this one. James? Um, on the case of Ronald Jones, real quick, he did score a touchdown. I don't think he had a bad game in terms of running the ball. You know, he didn't fumble. He didn't make many mistakes. He didn't pass him the ball, which, you know, is fine, I guess. I mean, it's expected. You know, they just don't pass him the ball. It's fine. Um but he did have one block with Alex Kappa where it was, it was kind of messed up. Um, that wasn't a good play. I don't know who to blame more on that play, either Kappa or well, Rojo. Kappa sucked tonight too. So Yeah, Kappa really struggled in this game. So I, I would kind of put that half on Kappa, half on Rojo. But I wouldn't say that Ronald Jones had a bad game today. Um, but you are right. Leonard Fournette did have a really good game today. You know, he really did. He showed up when he needed to. Um had a good average in terms of his yards per carry. I think he was at what four yards and at four yards a carry, something along those lines. Right around five yards, which is, you know, great, great production for a running back. Yeah. And he he still did a decent enough job catching the football. There was one screen play I remember that he had where that was it was a phenomenal play, a big momentum swing mm -hmm. in favor of the Bucks late in the game. He had some great um, blocks too. I think it was uh is it the one where the I don't remember <clears throat> who the defensive player was, but he just whiffed the tackle and Winovich, Lenny was Chase kind of Winovich. able to yeah Chase Winovich barely missed the tackle and Lenny was able to you know scoot around yeah. the right side of the edge that was a that was a great play yeah and me and Evan have talked about this at length with the Buccaneers running back room and what the heck is going on 
Um, I, I just, I still believe that the Buccaneers just want Leonard Fournette to be like the all three down back for this team. And they just, they're going to give him every opportunity to do that. Um, so, I mean, it's, I, hey, be on team Lenny. Cause I think they're going to keep on giving him those opportunities. I don't think that's going to stop. And then Giovanni Bernard, I do think has earned more reps in the game, but he's hurt right now. So as long as he's hurt, it's going to be Lenny all, all the time, all the way. Um, but he had a good game. So he stepped up when he needed to. And I'm fine with that because he's earned it. Yeah. Right. Like, like he, he earned it tonight. He, he earned to get the start next week. He earned to get most of the touches next week. He has earned mm-hmm. it. Right? right. After the, after that Dallas game, I didn't feel like he earned it. Right. So um, now I feel like he went out and he did what he needed to do. He played well, you know, even, even like, even the receiving, you know, they, they got a screen for him that got eight or nine yards. They got the one screen for him. that got like 25 yards. Uh, you know, he was catching the ball, the one pass. And I was like, I had to clap back to red on Twitter. Yeah. You uh, and like eight it. other people within 10 seconds. Well, because it, that like, was my I, I, that was my only complaint with Lenny tonight, and I'm always gonna be that guy whenever a running sure, back drops like, a pass. Sure, but like, man, like you know, he's not a good pass catcher. Like, give give him some slack. Yeah, you know that yeah, wasn't okay. that wasn't a great that wasn't a great ball. Yeah, he like, wouldn't have got many yards if he caught it anyway. No, I was, I, I, he might. Listen, actually I was emotional. Yards. It was a it was a tense game. You get it. You were texting me that it was gonna be a 17-16 loss. That's true, and I was right. So <laughs> I still growing. <laughs> Jesus, yeah, guys, sure. sort of shaded each other. <laughs> That's Happy right. Bucks win. Yeah, see, yeah, people talk about us being negative. Exactly. Yeah, like you know, the Bucks won, guys. The Bucks, the Bucks won the game. So uh, dub is a dub, um, and it does feel great to be three and one, man. They were three and one last year, and then they went into Chicago and they lost. This felt very similar to the Chicago game. You are lying if you didn't think this felt similar to the Chicago game. I'm sorry, but you're just, you're a liar. If like at some point even whether it's before the game, during the game, like if you th- didn't think that this was basically like the Chicago game, you know, like I, you're, like I said, you're a liar. If you didn't think this had very similar things, right. Tough weather game, road game, prime time. Tristan worst. Tristan worst got flipped for no reason after the play. I don't know if you guys caught that. Yeah, I did. I, I don't remember uh, who it was, but somebody flipped Tristan worse and he got up and was like, come on, dude. Yeah, Mike yeah. Evans. Mike Evans was like, "You just gonna, you just gonna let that happen?" To my guy. Well, yeah, the refs, you know. So uh, Howard is just bad. I don't know what happened. Uh, I don't know if he's bad. He's just not getting targeted. I, you know, he didn't really do anything wrong tonight. He just wasn't getting targeted. So um, tomorrow's every, video. Tomorrow's every- video. I'm sorry, David Cardone is breaking news. Tomorrow's video. Uh, Coach Wanish fires assistant coach Matthew. Uh, I don't know what that <laughs> for, has to do with Publix what? employee James. Uh, public Publix employee employee of the month James. But um, you know, hopefully, uh, James, hopefully another yeah, podcast will pick me up. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, you you might have to go on with James. I guess we'll, br- we'll bring you on. We'll bring yeah, you on. Yeah. yeah, me and James but, will start a podcast. There's there's two things I want to say real quick. One, in the case of OJ Howard, they're not going to trade him. Right now, the no, situation regarding have. Rob Gronkowski, it is a very not good situation. He is on a week-to-week basis right now. You're not going to trade your second-string tight end, even if Cam Braid is the starter right now, whatever you want to call it. You're not going to trade O.J. Howard. Uh, that's not going to happen. 
Second, I don't know if you guys have been getting a lot of this. I haven't seen any of it in the chat, thank goodness. But I want to have a public service announcement so, right no, here. Well, thank you, because now you will. Yeah, so. now you'll see the it 15 Bucks times. The Bucks are not going to sign Earl Thomas. It's not oh, going that to happen. From? Dude, I have not seen anyone. Yeah, I haven't seen a single thing. About I have been that. getting that for two weeks. James, James isn't on. Uh, James isn't on Twitter no. very much anymore. I don't but know normally what Twitter of, is the place you see that stuff. I don't know what kind of social media you're using, man. My my comments section has been talking about it for two weeks. It's not happening. He plays safety. He does not play cornerback. Well, Antoine Winfield played, concussion? Ooh. He hasn't played oh, since 2019. Yeah. Uh, uh, don't you boys start. They they, they signed Pierre Desir, Seahawks corner. They signed Richard Sherman, Seahawks corner. They're going right? to sign Earl Thomas. Right? Right, uh, more, what's Cam Chancellor up to? Hey, what's, more, what's Antoine Winfield oh Sr. doing these days? He was teammates with Richard Sherman, I think, in like Boom. 2013. Come on, dude. More, more father-son so connection out there. More so mm. in the case of, of OJ Howard, though. They're not <laughs> they're not getting rid of that guy. No, they're they're not they're not trading him for two reasons. One, like you said about the depth. Two, I don't think like people people say he sucks and then they want to trade him. Let's trade him for Stefan Gilmore. <laughs> well, okay, if he sucks, then you're not getting Stefan Gilmore for him. If he sucks, why would another team want him? I, I just I don't understand that. You'll get like a sixth round pick. Like I don't, and if they would have, if they wanted to trade him, they would have traded him already. You know, they, they would have done it already. They've had Cameron Brake, They've had Rob Gronkowski for a year plus now. Like if they wanted to trade this guy, they would have done it already. They would have done it probably at the 2020 draft. They didn't get an offer they liked. So um, a lot of people are, are taking the, the comments seriously about like the whole safeties thing. We're joking. Okay. Earl <laughs> Thomas is not coming to Tampa. Cam Chancellor is not coming out of retirement. Oh no. What have we I started? Joking. Yeah, thanks, James. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks um, for coming on here. We are we are 100% joking. Uh, but, yeah, it's like O.J. Howard, and people are the same thing with Ronald Jones. Like, oh, man, guy trade Ronald Jones for a corner. Who's going to give up a corner? Would you give up a cornerback for Ronald Jones? No. Would you give up a cornerback for O.J. Howard? At this time of year, in this weather? In this economy? In, 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 this, in this economy? In this economy. Come on. Give me a break, guy. All right? Give me a break. You, who who's who's horn are you two? Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, I just it's not gonna happen. And I saw some people mention Stefan Gilmore in this chat, and I have to say they're like, oh, I think Light and and Bill will still talk about it. It's not it's not possible, <laughs> in, unless you want to say goodbye to Carlton Davis next year, right, and not have Carlton Davis on the team. It's not possible. You'd have to, to, you'd have to give Stephon him Gilmore. you'd have to give him Chris Godwin or something just to make the money work. I think. There's no, not a t- there, no, no, there's that's not, why it's not possible. Yeah, it's right. Just, yeah, it's not. I mean, you, not only do you have to give them like a first round pick, probably, but you also have to somehow move that money around. And even if you found a way to make it work for this year, that would mean you're losing Carlton Davis and potentially more in the offseason. Like, I think people say that, but then they don't realize the ramifications of what a Stefan Gilmore trade could mean. It ain't going to happen. Not with maybe they do make a trade for a corner, it ain't going to be Gilmore. By the way, what's up, Cody? And I do want to say, uh, as far as I, in my opinion, I think the cornerback situation isn't going to change much from what we, we've no, seen already. No, Richard Sherman's it. Yeah, like there, there's nobody left, like you said. Like there's nobody left. Unless they want to call up like Parnell Motley, see, what's he, see what he's up to. or what's he, Isn't he on the Detroit's practice squad? I think he Parnell is, Motley? yeah. yeah. yeah well, I think he is. Save, save him from Detroit. Right, like so unless they want to call up one of those guys, like – 
that's the only other help your reinforcements you're going to get. There's nobody else left. You just got to work with the guys you got now and hope that your other guys come back healthy. Yeah. Well, what's yeah. important. I, I, I like Richard saying, let's trade Cody McElroy in a fifth round pick for Xavier Howard. That's, that's the type of trades <laughs> we've gotten accustomed to seeing. Well, the most important thing coming away from this week is that uh, the Buccaneers did get a win. Three and one is now the record over the first quarter of the season. Technically, not even the first quarter anymore because yeah, we have I don't 17 know games. Uh, so over the first four games, the report card looks pretty good. I'll take a three and one start, and I'm sure most people will for this football team. Every single week here on the show, at least on the post game, we try to exit with the newest segment on the show, and that is Evan's take bag. Now, Evan, before I hand it over to you, I do have an early submission for the take bag, and uh, it is this, man. We need to get Steve Belichick on TV as much oh. as possible. <laughs> like I do the walking meme, the facial expressions they had on that man tonight. Brie was telling me how uncomfortable she was already was about the gross. mullet, right? Like only real gritty people can get down with a mullet of his type as well, just because it's so unkempt. You know what I mean? Like it's not, it's not a clean mullet. He doesn't make any attempt to clean it up. It's almost like his presentation is even worse than his father's, who is pretty notorious for being the NFL coach who gives the least dams about his appearance. So we need to make sure we get that guy on TV as much as possible because that one shot where he's bent over, hands <laughs> on his knees, and he's got his tongue inside <laughs> the outside of his lips, just uh, that was, I that was incredible television. I almost called the police and sent them to Foxborough. I was so scared. I was like, scared. I was like, thank God there's a handful of people who aren't, who, you know, who aren't able to watch these games because, oh my God. No, don't worry. They found out. It got to Twitter pretty quick. Oh yeah. If you didn't see it live, you saw it eventually. (laughs) Um, He looked like a guy staring at Golden Corral uh, buffet. Yeah. That's like me. (laughs) It looks like your average person who enjoys a Golden Corral buffet. Hey, I enjoy Yeah. What's wrong with that? Why why are you hating on Golden Corral? Exactly. No, but tell me. Okay. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Time out. Time out. You don't get to call timeout. I get to call timeout whenever I want, okay? <laughs> um, just like Bill Belichick did when the Patriots defense had no idea what they were doing in the final <laughs> two minutes. Oh, he was pissed. Um, yeah, right? But when they were, like, going off the field, there was, like, nine guys, and there was 10 guys, then there was 11, there was then there was 12. I don't know. Um, so, yeah, that's, like, my face whenever I see, like, a plate of wings going my way. Right? Like, that's, like, a – so now you may make your point. Well, what I wanted to say is that for somebody who frequents Golden Corral, like you say you do, you and James, I apparently. Do. I, do. I haven't been to a Golden Corral in a couple of years. I've never hated on their food. I just haven't – I don't go there very often. But when I do, there is always one guy in there who looks like Steve Belichick. Am I wrong? Oh. I don't. I don't. Am I, wrong? I mean, that's that's Florida Golden Corral. I don't yeah. know. Right. I I don't eat at Golden well, Corral. Thank you. Oh don't you my! Guys, don't James. you guys have like Shoney's in Philly? That's no. um no. Or is that an I've never been thing? I see I've those on the highway all the time. I've never. Yeah, had I've I've never been the one. Um, that's me at an Applebee's. I was pulling a Steve Belichick. Well, that's me at like a Buffalo Wild Wings. That's- that that's looks fair. like the guy that spits in your food in the kitchen at Applebee's. That's that's gonna be me at Wingbox at Barry House. Yeah, that's it right. better be, dude. I'm excited to hear about that. Speaking of which, 
the first ever cannon fire watch party we are a, a little less than a month away fellas i don't know if you can believe it it's like a month and five days at this point but november no it's, no, no, no. it's, it's a month and ten yeah, days so five weeks five weeks excuse me getting ahead of myself but i am very excited november 14th week nine of nfl action the buccaneers are going to be taking on the washington football team and we are going to be hanging out with our friends at Berry House Beer Company in beautiful Ybor City. Wing House Food Truck is going to be hooking up the catering, so make sure you, uh, make sure you guys come out. No cost to show up. Just show up, have some delicious, locally craft-prewed beer, eat some incredible chicken wings. I promise you these will change your life. And uh, hang out with us. It's going to be myself, Evan Wanish, Mr. Bucks Nation, maybe a couple of other people you'll recognize we're going to be out there doing a pre-game podcast, a post-game podcast. It'll be live right here on YouTube for those of you who can't join us. But it is poised to be an incredible time, and so I'm very then excited. You you can yell at us in person as to why we're so negative. Exactly. It'll be like the live chat in person, but you guys yeah. don't have to chat. You can just yell at us. Hey, you can just point and yell at, at uh, Evan, and then he'll he'll slam you through a table one time. Well, we still Coach have that. Uh, lying. We still have that Hell in a Cell match book between you guys. I don't know yes. if you thought we yes. forgotten about yeah. that. That, that is that is the headliner. So yeah. James versus Evan in a hell in a cell match. Winner take all. So that's when that's when Rhett turns and he joins forces with me because Coach Wanish is I'll turns be, heel. I'll, yeah. I'll be yeah, special guest referee until I decide who wins the mat uh who wins the match. But basically he, he, he just gives me a low blow and then James not sure who it's going to it. be, but somebody is going off the top of the Barry House. Somebody's sign going through the table. Through the commentary table. It's happening. <laughs> somebody, through the somebody. whole podcast setup. It, it, it might not even be one of us three. Somebody's <laughs> it'll just be a bills fan who wasn't even there for the watch party he yeah, was just there we'll have to make sure they don't show the bills game that day will but, there uh, be a wing eating competition during the watch party with the asmr mic audio again <laughs> yeah no that's like that's like one oh, of the most embarrassing david i'll show. tell you man david's a real one for uh for remembering yeah. that yeah, that was King an of the embarrassing way. moment of the show. I don't think there'll be a winging competition during the watch party because we're going to be well, – well, for one, we won't be streaming during the game. So um, we'll just be doing the, the stream pregame and postgame. So, uh, so I'm just going to bring my referee shirt for nothing? Well, I mean, I mean, I, I don't know. You're the match. I, why are you bringing your ref shirt? Yeah, why are you bringing your ref shirt? So I can give it is Rick going to borrow it? Yeah, he's going well, to borrow then, my well, then, Yeah, you're not bringing it for nothing. Yes, that's true. Well, if you guys aren't going to have a wing-eating competition, I thought y'all would have the competition. We're still having a Hell in a Cell match, James. Yeah, we can do both. We that's not changing anything. Oh, so yeah, you're you're trying to fatten me up so I can so I can lose. That's it's all part of the strategy. It's all yeah. part of the strategy. I still watch that Undertaker and Mankind Hell in a Cell this very day. Mankind going off the top of the cage. That's going to be James. It's gonna be me. Sunday. It's gonna be Sunday, it's November fourteenth. It's gonna be somebody. It might yeah, not be it's, James. It's, it's gonna be somebody. <laughs> Yeah. Somebody's getting thrown through that freaking commentary table. Oh, Somebody's man. doing it. Evan, right? And then uh... some and then Wretch is like there, like JR, like, oh my god, he gotta be dead. I don't even know who he is. He's gotta be dead though. <laughs> oh good god almighty, that killed him. Holy hell. All I, right. I, yeah, we still haven't gotten to my take bag. Yeah, let's go ahead and wrap this thing up, Evan. Your take bag, my friend. I, I have I have uh I have one thing, basically. One thing. Nick Folk, after all of your years of service. You have finally repaid your debt. Um, and you have, yeah, let's give it a, let's yeah, let's a get clap, a clap up Folk. going for Nick Folk, Buccaneer legend. Uh, that's right. That's right. You have finally paid your debt to the Buccaneers for ruining that game in Thursday night football in Tampa in 2017. Was it 17 Absolutely. or 18? It was 17. 17. 
Yeah, wow, 17. man, I can't believe it was cut, that Cutter's uh, Cutter's second year, um, and ruining Jameis Winston beating Tom Brady, and that would have been like the time of my life. <laughs> Bucks, like, would have, I really, think the Bucks like, would have been what three and one or three and two. Uh, I don't remember that year's a freaking blur. Yeah, uh, right. I remember that was the that was the one that Doug Martin came back because he got suspended, and then he came mm-hmm. back for that game. And he actually played well. So Nick Folk, you are a real gentleman. I guess I guess your goal in life is to always have Tom Brady win because that's exactly what you did. And uh, kudos to you, my friend. Let's, I'm gonna give one more clap. Yeah, kudos, let's do kudos, it. Clap it up, man. Kudos to Nick folk nicholas folk also kudos to bill belichick for not going for it on fourth and three when he has a kicker who doesn't have the strongest leg and doesn't have uh and it's in the rain so 56 yard field goal instead of going for on fourth and three uh willie beeman shouting out mark cook mark cook had his arms around this team tonight it was a miracle absolutely shout out cookie he probably was cursing and then saying a lot of bad words but uh, at the end I- of the night he, he was probably pumped if there was one guy whose take I would have loved to hear about Nick Folk of all people getting the bucks this win, it would have been Mark <laughs> Cook. Um, but ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for checking out this episode of the Cannon Fire podcast. It is 1.15 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, so we really do appreciate all of you guys in here in the live chat hanging out with us this late. Hopefully you don't have to work tomorrow like I do. If you do, God bless you, man. It's going to be a rough week, but uh, let's go out there and get this bread. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are three and one, and we can celebrate for yet another week. It feels good to be a winner. We'll talk to you guys a little bit later this week with the mailbag edition. So send in your questions, your takes, whatever it may be. Podcast at gmail.com and plenty of opportunities on our social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon Fire Podcast. Big thanks to our special guest, James Hill, a.k.a. Mr. Bucks Nation here on YouTube. James, what have you got cooking and uh, where can the people find your content? Yeah, man. So Mr. Bucks Nation here on YouTube. By the way, uh, if you guys are new here to the Campfire Podcast, go ahead and subscribe. And before you leave this live stream, go ahead and hit the like button. Let's get those likes up, people. Um, it's a great way to support the channel. But on my channel, Mr. Bucks Nation, uh, we just wrapped up the game review video as well as the game reactions live stream. Yeah, uh, this for- man, this man goes live during the game, folks, and streams the entire game. So go give his channel a, a look. All right. <laughs> yeah. So commercial we, commercials and all. Yeah. The, <laughs> so we we live streamed the reaction to the entire game. It was a long night, but it was very fun. Um, got the review video up as well. There's going to be a ton of injury update videos that we'll, we'll, that we'll all be probably talking about throughout this week. So stay tuned for that. Uh, we actually just hit 12,000 subscribers today uh, during tonight's live stream. So oh, yeah, buddy. really awesome milestone on the channel. Put a clap to you. Put a clap to yeah, go. Yeah, let's 12, get it. 000. Clap it up, baby. Thank you, guys. And uh, again, thank you to everybody who supports the channel um, and supports the Cannon Fire podcast here. Because again, um, you know, it, it's a free thing and we're extremely supportive and thankful for what you guys do. If it's free, it's for me. Right. That's, <laughs> that's, right. that's what I always say. If it's say. free, it's for uh, me. If the money's there, we don't care. Right? Absolutely. Uh, uh, Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, Emily Kampa. Yeah. We, I believe we already answered that in the chat. Uh, Wednesday will be the mailbag show. So, if you guys have a take from this game, if you guys have a question about this game, have a question about the injuries, have a question yeah. about the play calling, send it in cannonfirepodcast at gmail.com or leave either me or Rhett a message on Instagram. You can add us on Twitter or whatever it is. Um, just let us know. Uh, we're, we 
we're trying to get that email thing working. So if you can email us, great. Like I say, canifierpodcast at gmail.com. We'll read the question aloud. We'll shout you out. And then we'll also do, we'll, we'll have a full on discussion about it. So I do want to say Wednesday is going to be a podcast that you guys are going to want to listen to as well, because that's when there's going to be a lot more information out Correct. on these injuries updates. So right. Rhett and Evan will have all of those updates. Well, a good amount of information for you guys on Wednesday. So make sure you ask questions pertaining to those injuries. Right now, here we'll have some updates for you on Wednesday. So stay tuned for that, guys. Yes, sir. Should be a good one. Followed by co-host Evan on Instagram at Bucks underscore daily, the number one Buccaneers fan page on Instagram. You can also find him on Twitter at Evan NFL. Last but not least, you can find myself Instagram and Twitter at Redicus, R-H-E-T-T-A-K-U-S. If you follow me, I will follow you back. Quick shout out to our sponsor, betonline.ag. I think the over-under for tonight's game was like 27 and a half. So if you took the over, big exhale because it was uh, not looking promising after that first half. And make sure you download their app or go to their website and you will get a 50% deposit bonus on your first deposit. It's as simple as that. Let's go and make some money. Thanks for checking out this week's episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast presented by betonline.ag. I'm your host, Rhett Matthew, signing off from my co-host, Evan Wanish, and our special guest, James Hill, a.k.a. Mr. Bucks Nation. We'll talk to you Wednesday night for the Cannon Fire Mailbag Show. Until then, and as always, go Bucks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.